Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, begging, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. Speaking openly about my grief experience and helping others to do the same teaches us that we are not alone. Letting all the parts of us have an expression, we may just feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path Podcast, and welcome to 2023. This is our first podcast for 2023, and we're going to be talking about decorations and emotions. And this post, Decorations and Emotions, uh, was shared on the 12th of January, 2023. When my partner Ernest and I started out as a young family, we didn't have a lot of storage space. We began celebrating together in the early 90s. We had a few decorations, some lights, not much else. Some years we'd get a Christmas tree, but that was our annual decoration bonanza. As our family matured and expanded into more space, the quote-unquote Christmas box of decorations didn't seem to grow in kind. It contained the same old lights, a few pretty candles and plates, and my old velvet Santa Claus doll that has a gift pouch on his back. When I was little, my mom used to put Hershey Kisses in there. They never lasted long. I inherited the term Christmas box, quote-unquote, from a beautiful, brilliant, and kind friend of mine. She likes Hershey Kisses, too. But the first time she heard me say anything about getting the Christmas box out for the holidays, she laughed wildly. Really? A Christmas box? A whole box? Don't overdo it, Lise. As I think about the Christmas box, I realize that it has a lot in common with the emotions box and reminds me of how I tend to compartmentalize my emotions, and I don't think I'm alone in this. Each November, I remember that there's an emotions box down in the basement parading as a Christmas box, just waiting to be opened perused, and survived. Like the Christmas box, my emotions box was always in disarray, frantically stuffed with old memorabilia and mixed emotions that have not yet been checked. They both look like sad versions of a repackaged suitcase at the end of a long journey, (laughs) the kind of suitcase where there's no longer any organization and the dirty clothes bag has been mixed in with the few clean items that remain. 
Not to mention there's always something leaking from a toiletry bag or something. So the goal is to get every darn item in that suitcase, close it up tight, and get safely back home. Or, as with the emotions box, to get it locked up tightly and securely until next November. The contents of my emotions box were basic. Happiness, pain, gratitude, grief. Nothing fancy. I didn't usually take all the emotions out for the holidays. Some seasons, I tried to go heavy on the happiness emotion and ignore the others. Other times, the pain emotions have been so overwhelming that there was no room for happiness or gratitude or anything else. It never seemed as though I could completely unpack either box. I started to wonder what was going on. Grief is so tricky, and we rarely give it the respect it genuinely deserves. The swirl of unsettling emotions comes in so many different forms to tussle with. If we're grieving, we're already (laughs) a bit confused, and the holidays just exacerbate this confusion. And also, we're faced with the undeniable fact that our loved one is gone. And in my case, that means two of my loved ones, two of my children, have died. Decorations and emotions are distinctly separate from one another. The first are simple and commercialized. The latter are complex and intimate. Although packing away the Christmas box post-season is a reasonable thing to do in early January, packing my grief back into the emotions box is definitely not, and I don't recommend it for you. For one thing, we don't experience grief the same way during the holidays as we do the rest of the year. This means we likely have some leftover processing to do before sequestering our deepest feelings down to the basement along with the holiday decorations until next year. Second, if we can't find a way to stop moving and reflect back on what has transpired over the last 10 weeks, we risk missing all that we successfully avoided when we were busy numbing with blank in parentheses, insert your favorite anesthesia here. Things happened when we were white-knuckling our way through the holidays. Some good things, maybe some bad, but either way, if we weren't fully present, we missed them. I understand the desire to sleep through the annual, quote-unquote, pain-on-steroids dynamic that arises with seasonal music, traditions, family, and festivities. So, if we did a little white-knuckling and we survived... It's a tool that can be used in the short term, but it's not safe for us to sleep forever. We would risk completely missing the flow of life's energy and experiences. And if we don't eventually manage our pain, it will manage us. Understanding this conceptually is one thing, but allowing yourself to get fully still for even a minute is one of the most courageous and intimidating things we can endeavor to do. But we must. Because stillness is the host of healing. I'm going to say that again. Stillness is the host of healing. It's not only where the pain lives, it's also where healing is born and can grow and thrive. Any chance you're afraid of getting still? 
maybe feel intimidated by what may await, or feel like you already know what's there, and maybe you even that you've dealt with it already, even though you've admitted you haven't stopped moving since your loved one died. Hey, no judgment, right? You are not alone. We get it. But grief is a free fall, a skydive that can go on for years, decades even. So I wouldn't ask you to muster up that much courage to get still, unless I could confidently say that stillness holds the key to emotional freedom. So how do we get still? Here's a couple quick steps to try. You will want to set up a time and a day and do it consistently. So the first thing you want to do is turn off your electronics and the noise. And second, sit comfortably with a straight spine. Three, gently close your eyes. And four, breathe. That's it. Get quiet, sit comfortably with a straight spine, close your eyes, and breathe. If you can tolerate a whole minute of nothing but closing your eyes and breathing, start there. If 15 seconds is your current limit, then start there. But get still regularly with whatever fits you personally. Once the practice has been established, you can play with and expand the time incrementally. One minute of sitting still a morning turns into one and a half minutes, turns into five minutes, and so on. And since it appears that we've both survived another holiday emotional blizzard. Phew. January is a great time to try something new that is also good for us. And don't take my word for it. See for yourself how sitting still for even one minute a day, every day, consistently, and at the same time can change the way you experience life. As we pack the holidays and the decorations back into boxes for next season, let's make sure we're not packing away emotions or issues that are screaming for our attention. When we put the lid on either box, we miss the chance to evolve or gain any learning or new perspectives that might have been floating around while we were white-knuckling. Plus, we have the added bonus that those same emotions and issues we pack away today, (laughs) they'll be waiting for us. When we return in 10 months and they're likely to be pissed. If you or anyone you know would like to talk about installing a personal meditation practice, please set up a complimentary appointment in my calendar found here in the link. I'm passionate about meditation and always happy to help you get fired up. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path podcast. And I thought about this post a bunch of times through the holidays, and I didn't sit down to read it, uh, to write it until just recently. So what I realized was, and this is a true story, a college friend of mine who I adore um, just gave me the hardest time about having this Tupperware box. And in the home where we were raising children, um, you know, we have all these supplies and syringes and formula and medications and just files, just tons of, of support for our son, Zach, who's now 23. So I'm used to keeping things neatly packed in a box just because it's, you know, survival. But she really did give me a hard time. And it just gave me that idea that, hey, what else are we packing into boxes besides the decorations? And so I thought a lot about that, you know, putting things away, not paying attention to them. And what's the real danger there? And what I came up with was 
packing away our emotions for, you know, a handful of weeks or if we do some white knuckling or numbing even and we're in grief or whatever is going on in our lives, white knuckling and numbing are not the problem. The problem is that we tend to do it consistently and then we never press pause and go back and process. And that's where we get into trouble because a lot happened in the last 10 weeks with people that we really care about, even if we're in pain, our friends, our families, our colleagues, our international brothers and sisters everywhere are struggling with different things. And it behooves us to kind of stay in touch with that so that we can continue to grow also. But alternatively, if we pack everything away and we don't go back and check it, believe me, it's going to show up like a tidal wave. Not a good plan. It happened to me. (laughs) For curious readers, read the last post on possibilities. So yeah, the problem is only that we don't go back. And so what I recommend is even if, if this is your first year of ever even thinking about dealing with your grief, whether it's 20 years old or two days old, if you've never thought about meditation and you've never thought about sitting still, I want to go back to the statement that I made, which is that stillness is the host of healing. Because this helped me so much, understanding that it's not we're not when when we meditate, we're not checking out. We're checking in, and that's a common um, misconception. And I love. I'm very passionate about meditation. So, as I noted in the post, I would love to talk with you if you're interested in installing a practice and want to have a complimentary session. But stillness is the host of healing. It's not only where the pain lives, and that's why we don't want to get still because we know it's going to hurt like a mother. Um, But it's also where we can find joy and where we find a little bit of a, just a little bit of a healing is born and then a little bit more healing and a little bit more healing and we go back to it and we deal with it incrementally like we're able to. So if one minute is all you can stand to sit still, congratulations, you're doing it. If 30 seconds is all you can do, awesome, you're doing it. If five minutes is what you're doing, you're going to start to notice some big changes in the way that you're experiencing life. But I'm going to go ahead and quote James Clear's, uh, reference James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which actually changed my life years ago, and say, make it so easy that you can't fail. And that's the big aha. And that's why, that's how I was able five years ago, really January of five years ago, able to start doing this installation of a practice. And who can't sit still for a minute? Some of us can't. If it hurts that bad, I totally get it. Start with 10 seconds. It doesn't matter about the duration. It matters about the consistency. And it matters that you show up on time, every time for yourself. So that's my meditation pitch for the moment. You can find a lot uh, more content about meditation in the blogs and podcasts. But I, I mean this sincerely. This is a personal invitation. If you're interested or thinking at all about this meditation, you know, mystery and what it's all about and why everyone says it's great, but whenever you might try to do it, it doesn't feel so great and you don't get it like I didn't for a long time. This will be a great time to connect. I'm not super busy in the next couple of weeks. So go ahead and use the link that's in the blog. I'll also add it to the podcast. And to everyone, happy, happy new year, 2023. And let's do our best to stay present, to stay grateful and to stay healing. And as always, I genuinely thank you for listening.